You're listening to the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. When you spend money on a hotel, you expect a certain level of quality. Yes. Especially from a name hotel like the Hilton. So I stayed at the Hilton in Anaheim with my son. He had a volleyball tournament there, right? And it was also Father's Day weekend. So I figured, you know, let's splurge. Let's spend money on a nice hotel right next to the convention center so we can just walk over. No lifts, no Uber, no buses, no walking. We're going to treat ourselves. So I felt good about spending that amount of money because, as you know, I don't like spending money unnecessarily. Yeah, you normally don't splurge on hotels. No, if it's how much? And then I start looking at maybe two-star hotels or maybe just an Airbnb or let's just stay with somebody. But this time I said, no, we are treating ourselves to a beautiful stay at the Hilton in Anaheim. Then the first day, my son goes to take a shower and he yells out from the bathroom, Dad, Dad. Did you take a shower before me? I go, no, I I was letting you go first. He goes, there's no hot water. What do you mean there's no hot water? We're at the Hilton, right? Right, That's not something you expect. No, what are you talking about? This is the Hilton. So I call the front desk and I tell the lady, I'm like, um, oh God, okay. There's no hot water. She goes, didn't even hesitate. Yeah, you got to let the water run. You just got to let the water run. Like it's going to catch up to be hot? Yeah, yeah. You just got to let the water You just gotta let the water run. You know, let the water run and um, just let it go for a few minutes. And, and then after a while, like if it doesn't turn hot, then you can call me. She wasn't even phased. Like this is a call she gets a lot. Right. This is normal for her. Right. But to me, it felt like, I don't know, I was staying in a tenement building on the Lower East Side. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I had a call at Super, you know, like the general manager, you know, Victor. Right. Who lives in the basement. To come and fix it for you. Yeah, and he's telling me, I'm not going upstairs, man. Just let it run, you know. It'll eventually get hot. And I'm like, this is the Hilton. And I've got to let the water run. So what ended up happening? Because obviously you let it run for a while. Yeah, we let it run for a while. And then, yes, it eventually turned hot. Pero ya pa que? Then, it, like, I didn't even want to stay at the Hilton. Okay, when I go to take a shower, guess what? I want to take a shower when I want to take a shower. Okay? I don't want to like ask permission of the shower and say, hey, you know, you think I can take a shower? And the shower goes, uh, maybe in 10 minutes. Oh, okay, thanks. I'll come back in 10. Not at the Hilton. Maybe at the Motel 6. Okay, maybe because then if you got to wait 10 minutes, then you tell yourself, well, you know, it was only $59 a night. Okay, so sit on that while you wait for 10 minutes. But at the Hilton, uh, if I turn it on hot, it better come out hot immediately now. Yes, I had a similar incident at a Disney hotel Oops, (laughs) where the AC wasn't cooling. And, you know, I like keeping my room cold because you stayed with us. So the AC was kicking at 69, but the room temperature wasn't dropping. We were at like 76. So I called the front desk. And it was going. It was going. You could hear it. It had been going for like three hours. But is cold air coming out? Not 69 Ah. cold air. Ah, okay. Not freezing. Right. It was like cool. It was like 77 cold air. It was like abanico, you know, like a fan in Puerto Rico blowing air, which is kind of cool, but it's still hot because it's hot. Right. Got it. That's exactly what it was like. So I called the front desk also. And the lady had a similar one where she was like, well, you just got to let it run longer. It'll eventually cool down. I'm like, I didn't pay for eventually because I'm paying like $300 a night. I need it cold now. Eventually. You got to let basically hang up, (laughs) leave me alone and give it more time. Exactly. She thought, hey, by two in the morning when you're already sleeping, 
it'll finally cool off. Yeah, tomorrow when you wake up, if it's still hot, then call me. You know, because I'm not working tomorrow. Cindy is. Right. You know, she'll deal with it. So that didn't work, and we got our room changed. That, like, I was like, no, I need a room with an AC that's blowing cold now. Yeah, that I don't have to wait. Yeah. Or knock off $300 off my price, and I'll stay here for free. Really? <laughs> so yeah. if they had given you a free night, you would have stayed in a warm room? Probably not, because you know I like cold. You just said. I know, that was like a a BS. because Oh, I called you out on it. I called you out on it. Okay. Because if she would have been like, okay, we won't charge you for tonight, I would have been like, "Uh, no, that's not going to (laughs) work. I need cold air. No, see, I would have been like, oh, really? Well, guess what? Open the windows. You know what I mean? In the middle of summer. This is a free night at a hotel. Forget about it. Don't complain. You know what? Metete al baño, right? Take a shower. Don't completely dry off. Lay down kind of wet, right? And whatever little breeze you get is going to feel like AC. Do you remember how in one episode we talked about overhearing bits of conversations yeah, and wondering like what happened before? Yes. We had that experience in Anaheim and we overheard two bits of conversations that I just need to follow up on. What were they? Here's the first one. My son overheard a woman, an older woman, tell a younger guy, hey, you have to stop being racist. Just like that. Wow. In a nice way. I have so many questions. Me too. Me too. Like, first of all, are they related? I think so. Let's just presume for this purpose that it is a mother and a son. That's, I mean, again, we're not going to be like, hey, excuse me, I'm going right. to use this on the podcast. Can you um, tell me your relationship? But we're presuming it was mother and son. Okay. So that was my first question. And the guy, the son, it's got to be, we figured he's like in his early 20s. Oh, okay. okay so the, the mom is obviously middle-aged. Gotcha. Which makes it worse that she was approaching it like, hey... You have to stop being racist. Yeah. And makes it even worse that she's the one telling the younger generation you need to stop being racist. Because usually it's a learned trait. So that means who's he getting it from? The dad? Right. Or outside? Yeah. It should be the kid telling the mom, hey, you got to stop being racist. Yeah. And by the way, the quote, you have to stop being racist implies that he's constantly being racist. Correct. That he needs to stop, but he hasn't. She's not helping the situation by approaching it that way. Hey, you need to stop being racist. Hmm, what to do? Let's think. Cocotazos, changing children, one cocotazo at a time. So here's the other one. I'm walking by this lady. She's on the phone. She sounds mad. And right when I pass her, I hear her say, I promise you, I'm going to set that house on fire. I promise you that. Now that makes you think... Who is she talking to and what led to that statement? And it didn't sound like this was the first time this lady has threatened somebody. She was pretty calm and collected about doing that threat. Especially when you say the word promise twice. Yes. It sounds like she's got a record. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, I promise I'm going to set the house on fire. I promise you that. Like, she could have easily said, remember that last time? You know, when I told you I was going to set your car on fire? And I did it. You know, when you promise somebody... You're going to do something criminal. And then you follow it up with, I promise uh, that person's done jail time. You know what I mean? Like that person's been locked up and they're not scared to get locked up again. And they're not scared of doing what they're telling you they're going to do. Yeah. It's happening. Uh, yeah. Arson, not a big deal. Let's do it. What about the person she's talking to? I think she's talking to her boyfriend right now. Okay. Yeah. Like he's done something to get her so upset. Uh-huh. That she's saying, I'm going to come over to your house. Logical. It's so obvious. And I'm going to light it on fire. It's so obvious. Because I've already done it to your car. You know I'll do it. But obviously he cheated on her. And I'm this a- isn't the first time. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, because if, if it's to the level of lighting a house on fire. Yeah, she's already gone through the step of lighting the shoes on fire. Uh-huh. That was the first time. She, yep. Then she lit the car on fire. That was the second time. Right. And now she's threatening to light the house on fire. I'm thinking it's the other girl's house. Oh. Yeah. See, I don't think she's going to want to burn his house. Oh. Right? Because she's going to want to go to his house. So she caught him at the other girl's house. Right. That's how she knows where that other house is. And she got her number. So she's talking to her saying, I'm coming to your house and I'm going to light this place on fire. Wait. So now you're saying that the conversation is not with the boyfriend, but it's with the other woman? Yes. No, man. It's got to be the boyfriend. Like, yo, I caught you and I promise you I'm going to set the house on fire. Oh, I see what you're saying. So she's calling. Oh, that's gangster. So she's calling the girl. Yeah. All right. So why don't we hear that part of the conversation then right up until the quote. Hello. Is this Cynthia? Who's this? This Denise. It's Kevin's woman. What you want? I want you to stop seeing my man. Why do I have to stop seeing Kevin? Because he's my man. How you know I was with Kevin? Because I saw you and Kevin at your house last night. And? And you need to stop seeing my man. And if I don't, what you gonna do about it? I promise you, I'ma set the house on fire. I promise you that. Okay, you can keep Kevin. I wanted to stop and say hi to a fan of ours. He's 12 years old. His mom uh, wrote to me and told me a little bit about him. Check this out. He's an energetic 12-year-old, a fan of the podcast. Good job. So, That's nice. You know, he's one of our favorites. Who loves joking around and being silly. He takes guitar lessons and plays flag football. He now listens to the podcast while showering. How cool is that? Nice. I mean, if you're going to shower, then be entertained, right? Right. Have a little laugh. She goes, I think it's wonderful. He is learning more about his culture, the importance of following your passion, not just a well-paid career. He is getting exposed to current events, which expands his vocabulary. Most importantly, it's brought our sometimes combative relationship closer. Um, Combative relationship with a 12-year-old? <laughs> right? Uh, what's going to happen when he turns 13? Because that's when they get real combative. Yeah. Right? She goes, he asked his Caucasian friend if he knew who Ellie Castro was and was totally shocked when the friend looked clueless. Ouch. Ouch, Caucasian friend. You don't know who I am? Wow. Come on, man. I'm Ellie Castro. The Ellie Castro Show. She goes, thanks for bringing joy to our family. I'm surprised she didn't say to our sometimes combative family. (laughs) (laughs) Can we see a day in the life of this 12-year-old? Yes. Let's do that. Hi, Jorge. Oh, my God, Mom. I was just saying hi. You I just know. got here from school. Yeah, you're all over me already. I haven't even gotten close to oh you. Oh, my God, just the way you're saying it. I, I'm just telling you hello because you walked through the door. I'm preparing you a snack. Oh, just, oh, just I'm 12. Why are you treating me like I'm five or something? I'm not. I'm just making you a nice little snack so oh. you can eat something before you go to practice okay. with your guitar. Okay, I play guitar hungry. I don't have to have a snack all the time, but just in case, what'd you make me? I made you a sandwich. A sandwich? Oh, God, Mom, for real? What'd you get, peanut butter? 
butter and jelly. How did you know? Oh, cause you've been making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches since I was five, for real, mom. And you've been eating them since you were five. I'm sick and tired of peanut butter and jelly. You know what I'm sick and tired of? What? You complaining of everything that I do for you. Oh, now you're sick and tired. Okay. Yes. This is why I like to play my guitar in my room by myself. Well, go to your room by yourself and think about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich you're not going to eat. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to write a song about it. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to write a country song about it. What's it going to be called? I hate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that my mom makes for me every single day like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> That's going to be a hit. Peanut butter and jelly too. I hate you. I had the most interesting flight coming back to Florida from Anaheim. Now, for somebody like you that flies a lot, yeah. I'm very intrigued as to what you're going to find interesting. 40 minutes into the flight, everything is off, right? Lights turn off, right? Because it's an overnight flight. Go to sleep, direct flight, hopefully wake up in Orlando. Lights come on, the whole cabin comes on, and I'm thinking it's a little too early for service, right? They're not going to be serving drinks this early. It's a five-hour flight. Then the stewardess comes on and says, the pilot will be addressing you in a few minutes. Okay, that's not good. Mm -hmm. If yeah. if she comes on and says the pilot will be addressing you, hay problema. Yeah. Why isn't the pilot talking? Yeah. Why? Let's skip the middle person. Yeah. yeah. That means the pilot is busy uh, doing something and is unable to talk. At the moment. That's never good. No. Right? So then I look up and above me, you know, where you have the lights of the seatbelt and the no smoking and it's kind of lit up a little right. screen. Off. The other side was on. Oh, so there's electrical problems. Right. So I reach up to turn on my reading light. Does not work. Okay. Uh-huh. So then the pilot comes on and he's like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we just lost one of our generators. Uh, we are going to be making an emergency landing in Phoenix. Uh, so uh, prepare for landing. Right? Oh. Okay. So then the stewardess makes this announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, put your tray tables up, put your seat backs in an upright position, and fasten your seat belts really tight. Really tight. Yeah. I didn't like that part. They never say how tight. Never. They just say fasten your seat belts, which I do, and it's really just whatever, right? It's very loose, okay? Right. I'm not going to fasten it, right? Nobody fastens their seatbelt in a plane. No, you're not in a roller coaster. So she goes really tight, and then she goes row to row, making sure that we've fastened them really tight. Oh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So how are you feeling when all of this is happening and you're hearing all of this? Well, I, I have my son with me. Right. So I have to be cool, right? <laughs> I have to be calm. And usually what I do is I look around the plane a lot to see how the stewardesses are reacting, right? Yes. If they're calm, I'm calm. So I'm more busy focusing on them. But she gets to the row in front of me and there's a mom with a baby. And she tells the mom, no, I can't have you fasten the seatbelt around the baby, right? Because the baby was on her lap. You can't do that. And she says, because if we crash, it'll crush the baby. Okay. So I need you to put the seatbelt around yourself and then hold the baby. And then she walked away. I would have been like, excuse me, you just said if we crash, as in there's a possibility that yeah, we might crash? Yeah. I, I wouldn't have said if we crash. I would have just said, please don't put the seatbelt around the baby. It's best if you put it around yourself and you hold the baby. Right. No need to say if we crash 
and certainly made worse by going, if we crash, it'll crush the baby. Yeah, you're giving me all the scenarios yeah. I don't want to think about. Yeah, I'm. you know what? I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, let's land in Phoenix and uh, let me change airlines because <laughs> this is uh, crash air, apparently. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now you're freaking out. You're no longer calling for your son. No, I'm still doing my best to remain calm, right? Because just like I'm looking at the stewardess, my son is looking at me, right. right? But at this point, I feel the plane going really fast. Now, here's what I mean by that. Usually when the plane reaches cruising altitude, it doesn't feel like it's moving, right? You're going 500 miles an hour, but it feels like you're just hovering, right? right? It's like it stabilizes up there or something. Right. The only times you really feel that speed is when you're taking off and when you're landing, when you're yes. like, oh man, we were flying. <laughs> we we're going really fast. Okay. But we're still way up. We're still 20 minutes from landing, and I feel the speed. Do you get me? Like, we're going really fast. Like, I can feel the rattling. You know, it gets to the point where you almost want to yell out, hey, can you slow down? You know what I mean? <laughs> slow the plane a little bit. Right. It's kind of like when you're in a car and somebody's driving real fast. You want to be like, hey, I'm not in control. Can, can you slow down, please? Can you pull over so I can get out? Right. I can feel the speed, and that was concerning. Yeah, because it's not like you can get out of the plane. Right, or Go in the cockpit and, like, take over. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We're running out of time. Surely there must be something you can do. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. And then the pilot comes on and goes, ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, uh, we will be making that emergency landing in Phoenix. There will be some emergency equipment awaiting us on the runway. And I'm like, what? So my son goes, what does that mean? I go, uh... Hmm. That means there's going to be like fire trucks and ambulances on the runway. So now my son's excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He thinks like it's like a, a day at Disney. All right. Here we go. Yeah. So he's opening the window shade, you know, pulling out his phone because he wants to take pictures. Right. And I'm over here on my fifth Hail Mary. Right. <laughs> I'm going through the stages of the rosary and we're landing and you can see the lights, the lights, the emergency lights waiting for us. And I go, what? Oh, my God. So we land. It's not like a smooth landing. Okay. It's like a, like a, whew, you know, we just made it. Right. So we land and the emergency trucks are following us. Right. And we stop on the runway and the pilot goes, we're going to have to stop here for a few minutes. We landed a little heavy. Uh, they need to inspect our brakes and make sure we're okay and ready to go and proceed to the gate. So now we wait. He comes back and says, yep, brakes are ready to go. Uh, we'll, we'll go up to the gate. See, when he said that, uh, my my fear is, can I get out? Because I yeah. don't want to be in this tube while yeah. something wrong is going on outside. Just let me know when I can get off yeah. this plane. Open the door yeah. and let us out. Yeah, I don't want to know anything else except when the door opens. Yeah, you guys got that little inflatable slide. Let's yeah. use it. Yeah, you can use the door. Let me use the slide. So we get out and they go, we're going to move you over to uh, another gate where there will be another plane. Uh, and you'll take that plane to Orlando. Great. It's like a 10-minute walk. We get there. Everybody's exhausted. It's almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Lady goes, yeah, we're gonna, we're just going to take all the suitcases, all the luggage. And once we, you know, put that on the new plane, we'll start boarding. We wait 10 minutes. We wait 20 minutes. 30 minutes later, nothing. Then we get an alert on the phone. Your flight's been moved to 5 a.m. Oof. Then we get another alert two seconds later, 6 a.m. So what's going on? Well, you know... The crew uh, is not coming in till six. Um, they're refusing to come in earlier, <laughs> basically <laughs> saying, you know, you're screwed. I'm not. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm so, sleeping in my bed. Yeah, I'm not getting up. I'm not getting up for this. So she's like, we can give you a hotel voucher and a food voucher. A hotel voucher at 1 a.m. 
when my flight boards at 530 is pointless. Yeah, it's useless. What are you going to do? Drive 30 minutes to then sleep for two hours and then drive back 30 minutes? Be lucky if you slept for two hours, right? And then to go back through security all over again. It's not like I get my own security where, hey, can I just go straight in? So I'm like, well, hotel voucher is pointless. What's the food voucher? I'll take the food voucher. $12 a person, which at an airport is like a (laughs) dollar. Yeah. Because everything is 10 to $20. There's there's nothing you can get for like a few dollars. That's like one slice of pizza. And what makes it worse is that at that time, everything's closed. Oh, yes. So then you say, okay, well, maybe I can get some before I I leave, which is like five in the morning, which is when places start to open. But by that time, you're so out of it that you're not going to want to eat anything. You see what I'm saying? You're you're half asleep. We had just spent two, three hours on the floor trying to get some rest. So we're boarding like zombies. And myself, I'd be thinking if this plane is going to have an issue because that's the way my brain thinks. Right. You're not going to be comfortable and relaxed anyway, right? No. Can I spend those $12 on some Xanax? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I want to spend my $12. But luckily, we got on that on that flight and we slept because, you know, that's what happens when you spend all those hours on an airport floor. Without being able to sleep. It's just like you just knock out. And then as soon as we landed, we used the vouchers because you have to use them because the airline doesn't give you vouchers with like a 30-day expiration date. No, they say these things expire tomorrow. (laughs) You know what I mean? Almost like we don't want you to remember this horrible experience. We want you to forget it tomorrow. So you either use it or lose it today. That's right. So we landed, and now I'm looking for a place to spend $12 each. So we go up to this smoothie place because my son wanted a smoothie. And I go, uh, we have these vouchers, right? I felt like I was giving them food stamps, right? Because they, <laughs> they looked at me like, what? And I'm like, please tell me these are good. He goes, yeah, 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 but you got to use them in the same place. So I'm like, what? So I, you needed a smoothie too. So now I had to get a smoothie? Oh, man. So I'm like, fine, give me a smoothie. Two smoothies and a bagel, $23.50. What? That's it. On two smoothies, two watered-down smoothies, and an old bagel. Wow. And I think the guy hosed you because I'm pretty sure you could use them wherever you want. He was just like, if I'm going to take a voucher, right. I'm going to take them both right I'm gonna here. Ta- I'm going to take both vouchers. Yeah. So a friend of the podcast, Ellie, she lives in Claremont with her family. Great family. They come to my shows. She posted on Instagram about this taco place, right? And she was like, my secret taco spot, right? And then she goes, not anymore, so you're welcome. So, you know, when somebody feels that strongly about a restaurant, you know that um, we kind of have to hate on it, right? Because yeah. it's, it's natural, right? If you're going to come out and be like, oh, my God, it's my favorite. It's my secret spot, right? You automatically, you know, you're going to be like, eh, gran cosa. Right. So. So, you know, I had to figure out if this place really was as good as she says it is. So you went and ate there. Nope. I did better than that. I checked out the reviews, <laughs> right? Because we don't need to check out the five-star reviews. She just gave it a five-star review, right? Right. Oh, it's my secret taco spot. Okay, I guess not anymore, right? You're welcome. I haven't even said thank you, and she's saying you're welcome. So I go, okay, let's check out some one-star reviews of this amazing taco spot. What did you find? I got one from Jacqueline. One star. She starts this way. Filthy, dirty restaurant. 
Oh, that's enough for me not that, to go there. Yeah, that's the first sentence. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know why I kept reading, quite frankly. Pero, you know, for the purpose of this podcast episode, I had to keep reading. But that's enough for me. Yes. I'm getting out of that and searching for the next taco spot, right? Like, oh, but it continues. She goes, I've eaten in some questionable places, but this place is just gross. So she's eaten in some questionable places. That means yeah. I'm going to honor yeah. what she's saying. That means she knows bad places. Yeah, and she's giving this one worse than bad. Yeah, she's saying, look, I've eaten in some rat-infested, horrible places. And then she goes, but this place is gross. Ugh. So she should have just said, listen, trust me, pass. Is that the worst you found? No, there's more. Oh, my. How about from Benjamin de Jesus? Now, just the name alone should add some credibility. De Jesus. Yeah. This is Benjamin from Jesus. Yeah. Okay? Benjamin de Jesus. Okay? <laughs> so, this might as well be the 13th apostle. hey Benjamin de Jesus said, no love put into the food. Yeah, so he's basically telling you the food tastes horrible already. It's loveless. Yeah. You know, when you put love into the food, you put flavor into it. You can taste it. Jacqueline was like, you know, this is gross. This guy's saying, no, no, it's not just gross. There's no love. There's no taste to it. Now, there's a response from the owner. To that? Yes, which you know I always respect when the owner responds. I can't wait to hear what the owner said. Here's the response. Thank you for your review. We will take your opinion into consideration. Okay, so the owners are at least going to try to fix the problem based off of that then. Presumably, right? Because they're going to take it into consideration. Here's one more one-star review. I know we would not even have finished the first one, but I just want to give you three. Here's the last one. You don't want me to go at all is what you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure there's no doubt in your mind, okay, <laughs> that this is not the secret tackle spot that my girl Ellie says it is. All right, this is the last one from Jelly Paz, okay. P-A-Z. So, you know, Jelly Peace, right? right? So don't fight with this one, right? Don't fight Jelly on this. She wrote, Comida Fea, <laughs> okay, which Google nicely translated to, you guessed it, Ugly food. Right. So we got the place is dirty. It's gross. It has no love. No love. And the food is ugly looking. Fea. Comida fea. You know, when you put it in Spanish, it's even worse. Definitely. Esa comida es fea. Because even the word, the word ugly is bad. But when you say fea, it's like uglier than ugly. Right. It's really ugly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the owner responded. Ooh, I Uh can't wait to hear what he says. Yeah, He said, Thank you very much for your review. We will take your comments into consideration. Okay, so that's just a staple review that yeah. or a staple yeah. answer yeah. that they have. Yeah. I don't even think he's reading the no. comments. Because if you're reading that they just called your food fair, uh, you got to do more than take it into consideration. Yeah, you have to have a reply to that. They just assaulted your food. You have to be able to respond specifically to an attack like yeah. that. And which food was fair? Are all my foods fairs? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because he said comida fea, comida, comida. They didn't even say la comida. They just said comida fea. But what I love about the owner is no matter how they attack him or how they critique him, he always comes out with the same response. Yeah, we got to try that. We have to try and use that approach uh, when somebody insults us. Why don't we try that? Ellie, you know what? What? You're ugly. Thank you very much for your comment. I will take your comment into consideration. (laughs) How about this? Hey, Jose, you're fat. Thank you very much for your comment. I'm going to take your comments into consideration. All right. See, that that was kind of hard, though, right? <laughs> it is. It was kind of hard to say. Hey, right. try one more. Try one more. Hey, Ellie. What? I don't think you're funny. Oh, well, uh, thank you very much for that comment. I will 
take your comment into consideration. <laughs> well, did you? Yeah, I considered it, and uh, I considered it stupid. <laughs> Caco Norteño, one star. And that was the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. For more information on my upcoming shows, mi gente, you can go to elliecastro.com or you can also buy my book, Made for This. You can follow me on social media under Jose A-Rod. And I'm under Ellie Castro Comedy. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Palante.